Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we're so grateful and we're so thankful that we don't have to operate in our limited understanding. We don't have to do like we did even yesterday. Glory, hallelujah, because you come to do a new thing, a new thing every day in our lives, Father. So God, we open up ourselves to you. Have your way with us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do surgery on our hearts. Hallelujah, Jesus. Purge us, cleanse us, free us so that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, there are some of us who need a physical healing. Some need an emotional healing. Some need a spiritual healing. Here we are. Have your way, Father. Come and do, have your will in us. Don't let us leave here the same way we arrived this morning, Father. Glory, glory. We're looking for a revival. Hallelujah. We're looking for a revival and a cleansing. So when we walk out of this place, people will know we've been in the presence of the Lord. And they won't be able to stay in our presence without a change. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory, 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 glory to your name. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I'm asking you to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, will be those things that you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is part five, I believe, of receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to uh, Acts chapter eight. Are y'all feeling okay? We're going to read uh, verses nine through 25, but I think I need to read, start at four. To, to give the uh, buildup of all of this first, okay? So uh, chapter 8, I'm going to start at, at, at verse 4. And this is where uh, Philip is preaching in Samaria. And, you know, during this time, which is after the upper room experience where the preachers were being challenged uh, by the people because after they had that upper room experience, which means they got filled with the Holy Spirit, their message became totally different from what the, the Jewish uh, people, Ju Judaism, was, had been preaching, okay? And not only that, because the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's a new boldness on you that you didn't have prior to that you can't even explain, nor can you rule it out because you don't operate and flow through your own. You're flowing through a spirit. You know, just like when, you, when you're drinking and you get high, you don't act the same way. You get courage to say and do things that you wouldn't normally say if you were sober. Well, when you get high in the spirit... You get courage to say what he's telling you to say that you wouldn't have sense enough to say if he hadn't put it in you. Amen. So, so verse 4, it says, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord. Now, these people, it's, it's the multitude that was following. Okay. With one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, 
hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. <laughs> For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, and that were lame and were healed, and there was great joy in that city. You see, when the real gospel goes out, signs and wonders will follow. And so because they were preaching the gospel truth, the people that heard came to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And then miracles begin to happen. Amen. And so now we're going to get into verse 9. And we're going to read 9 through 25. And so it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city use sorcery or witchcraft or practice magic, okay? And, and bewitched the people. Well, it, another word is astonished. Well, that sounds too cute. They were bewitched. They mean they fell for what was going on and what they heard, and it became almost a doctrine in their, in their souls. I didn't say mine. In their souls. Okay? And it says, um, given out that himself was some great one. So they saw him as some kind of a great person to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Oh, See, that makes me think about how we see some stuff happening uh, that seems astounding and a lot of charisma is going on and we think, oh, he is so powerful and, and oh, look at him, you know, and your soul is still bound and you've been saved. I'm not talking about unsaved people. I'm talking about believers. Okay? See, the power of the gospel of Jesus, which is the word, has far more power than charisma. The truth will make you free. Okay? So verse 11 says, And to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries, with witchcraft. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. See, when they heard the gospel, they got baptized into Jesus Christ. This is not talking about water baptism. It is talking about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, the word of God is more powerful than any other word. Any other book, there's no word that is powerful as the word of God that can bring the change that is necessary to be brought. So even though they had been all astonished by this, this witchcraft stuff, when they heard the truth, see, that's how you get saved. It's because you hear the truth, not because you decided one day when you woke up, oh, this is the day of salvation. No, the Holy Spirit been pulling on you and you heard a truth that ignited you to say, now is the time. Tell me more. 
okay? It says, then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized into Jesus, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. He was so amazed. He's trying to figure out, how are they doing this? Because see, what, what you need to realize, they were baptized into Jesus, but they had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it says, now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was, he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, there, there are many ways. That's just one way. But all you have to do is believe, want it, and receive it. And somebody can pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit. It says, and when Simon saw that through laying on, the, laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, <laughs> saying, give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. Okay, so what's happening here? Simon was saved, but not delivered. <laughs> ah, which is the case for so many of us. We are saved, calling on the name of Jesus, but we are not delivered yet. And the only way that you're going to get delivered is that when the Holy Spirit come into you. Amen. So he needed the Holy Spirit to come to reveal his bondages and his inner flaws in order for Simon to cry out to God for the change. You see, we serve a gentleman contrary to Satan, Satan pushes you to do whatever he wants you to do, but the Holy Spirit wait, waits on us. He has everything that we need, but he's waiting on us for you to recognize that you need him. Amen? So sometimes because change haven't happened, we think there is no need for it, or it just won't happen to me. No, you must first want to be delivered. No, you must first know, need to know that you need deliverance. Because you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, didn't say you were not, that you were totally free, and you still didn't have some bondages that you need to be free of. We all need deliverance, and it should come forth, and it should be happening all the time until Jesus comes back to get us. No one has arrived Amen. and will arrive. Amen? And so you have to want to be changed and then speak it out and become a seeker for it. Now, sometimes, depending, it takes a little bit longer for some of the things to happen because, see, thank God he does not just in one swoop, ooh, take all that mess out of us, it would, we probably would die. It's so much 
and it's been entangled for so many years that it's attached. You, you, you heard the phrase soul ties. Well, that stuff is attached to us. That's why we can operate in it without even being aware that we're operating in bondages. Because it's become the norm. It's a part of us. We don't even think about it until God shows us the opposite. So you can see that you're messed up. I know that's how, how it worked for me. See, my deliverance didn't come from getting in line. And somebody laying hands on me. My deliverance came because I was so hungry and thirsty. I was reading the word. And as I was reading the word, he was convicting me. And he was revealing to me the root cause so I could cry out and speak out those things and so he could deliver me. Amen. And then I had to go back and think, oh, my God. How foolish I was when I thought I was so intelligent. You know, and, and, and my mother was trying to tell me some things about me, and I can't, couldn't see it. I'm thinking there's something wrong with her. that She can't see me how I really am. She did. Because, see, she was born again filled with the Holy Spirit and was always praying. So she saw far more than what I could see. And when I got freed, I'm like, oh, God, what an idiot. I was ashamed. Not only was I ashamed, I was angry. Because let me tell you, I was in church all my days. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Not only in church, but I was in a Baptist church, eventually I started out as Catholic, in a Baptist church being uh, the leader over Women's Day and all kinds of stuff. Unsaved. And not even know it. Bound. And didn't even know it. And obviously, they didn't either. Okay? So... Because you're in the building and before me does not mean you are where you need to be. See, this message is not for the unbelievers. It's for us. Amen? Because just like Simeon, we're saved, but we're not free. And when you have lived so long with the entanglement of certain sins, and they don't just be the one. Okay, it grabs hold of some more branches that you are not even aware of. So when, okay, so he, del he, so he delivered me from whoredom. Well, what I re didn't realize, there's some other stuff entangled with that. So I'm gonna talk about me, cause y'all holy. <laughs> and I know this don't apply. Well, there's some other stuff that comes with that that you don't even, you're not even aware of until the Spirit reveals it to you. Plus, you need to understand, was I like that? What was the root cause to have me to even act out like that? Okay, he will reveal it to you if you really want to know. But if you think you're right and you got it going on, he can't reveal anything to you. Amen. And, and so as he reveals stuff to you, then he frees you from that. And then he adds one of his fruit to replace the mess he just took out of you. That's called being disciple and growing. Because he took the hell out 
And then he put one of his characteristics in me at one time at a time. Because, see, when he does that, you're not even aware that you've gone through a deliverance and he's added something new in you that belongs to him until you become in a situation that tests that thing for you to see how you react to it. And then you realize, oh, that's what you were doing. I'm free. Okay. Okay. Thank you. He taking me a whole different direction. Have you cried out to God about being delivered from something and you went through some pain and some discomfort and you were crying, didn't know why you were crying? I'm not talking about the moment that you asked. <laughs> you forgot you even asked. It's been a while. And then all of a sudden you just, you, you know, you just start crying. You don't know why you're crying and, and going on and you having some pains and some discomforts and all of that. Well, what's happening is he's delivering. He's snatching that up out of you so he can put his fruit to replace that in you. Okay. You don't know it until a test comes. The test that you were dealing with in the past, you know, before salvation, and so it comes to let you see you're free from that now. You don't have to worry about it anymore. So you can go to the people who deal with that same mess you got free from and help them because it's no longer in you. But that's one thing. So you will be entangled in some other things and not even be aware that you're still in bondage. And let me tell you, with your Holy Ghost self, if someone brings it out, you're so righteous, you ain't going to receive it. Don't you know that's the enemy trying to keep you because he knows the greatness that you've been purposed for? And he knows as long as he keeps you in that bondage, you won't do what God created you to do that's going to make a difference in this world. Because your pride don't want you to turn it loose. So it's easy. See, Satan is not all-knowing. He just knows your activity level. <laughs> he knows what you do. He knows what you always say. And that's what he comes and mess with. Okay? But the moment you recognize and you cry out to God, when Satan comes with his deceitful lies, the Lord tells him, mm-mm. He or she just call on me. You have no more power, no more control. See, we give him the control. We give him the power. We give him the authority to do what he does. And the Lord allow it until it wakes us and shakes us so we can come up out of it. But when you come up out of it like that, baby, you don't go back. And not only that you don't go back, but now you've been set up to set other people free. Amen. You see, disciple takes time. And plus, you must be aware of what is actually coming out of you. See, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You have to be in prayer relationship with God to know what he's doing in you. Stop looking for just the miracle. 
We want a quick fix. We just want to see the miracles. Oh, and if it ain't happening where you could just be shouting and getting goose pimples and all of that, then ain't nothing happening. Let me tell you, the greatest work is happening when you are downtrodden, hurting, and don't know which way is up and how you're going to come up out of it. And when you come out, nobody can convince you that you're not free. And you don't go back and revisit what you came out of. The Lord done got me so off of this. I don't even have to know what my notes are saying anymore. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Okay. So we don't want to be like Simon, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So he says, um, 18. And when Simon saw that through the land on the... The apostle hands the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money. <laughs> Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. You know, and we're laughing because Simon offered money. We don't offer money. We're just saying, I want to be like that. And then we try to mimic what we see other people do. Be careful because you don't know what they've come through to acquire the anointing that they have. Amen. You be who God created you to be. Find out who, who you supposed to be. Amen. Find out who you are. See, you can't respect yourself because you don't know who you are. And you don't know who you are as long as you, as long as you born again person, still talking the same jive talk you were talking before Christ. You can't possibly know. As long as you're still doing those same things you were doing, B.C., you don't know who you are now. Because when you have a real, true conversion with the Lord, he changes your talk, your walk. That's not just a song. That's a reality. He changes everything. And the things that you did before, it disgusts you. And you don't want to revisit those things. And you don't find them funny, hip, cool, or whatever they were prior to. You find them disgusting. Because that's what the spirit of truth will do when he comes into you. Amen? And so, <clears throat> okay, 19 said, give, him, give me also this power, that whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. The gift of God, what God has freely given to us, he says freely give. This is why, another reason too, we don't have no uh, uh, skilled professional Mm, that ain't not a good word. Professional gospel <laughs> singers and musicians up here because we couldn't afford them if we wanted them. They don't come to do this in the name of the Lord. It's a fee. It's a big time fee. Now that doesn't even include if they're out of state, you got to pay for their air ticket and their hotel stay and then pay them to come up here and praise and worship the Lord. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? That is, what is that all about? You know what? I would be afraid that he's going to strike me dead while I'm up here performing. 
with the stuff he freely gave me. If it's your talent, it was freely given to you, as well as a spiritual gift. And if you can use it to serve God, then do so. Serve him with what he has given to you. He didn't give that to you to market it. So, okay. So he says, you and your money going to perish. <laughs> 21, thou hast neither part nor lot or portion in this matter, for the heart is not right in the sight of God. For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Once your heart gets right, because, see, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to sin. But when your heart is right before God, you will recognize it and you will conf confess it. You won't make excuses for it. You won't try to get nobody to try to understand your position and all of that. You will confess that thing before the Lord. He says, repent, therefore, of thy wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. Mm. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness. How do we get to bitterness? Unconfessed, practice sin. You don't even realize you're bitter. Other people around may notice it, but you don't even realize that you're in a, the gall of bitterness. But that's what happens with unconfessed sin that is practiced over and over and over again. And when, I tell you what, what will help you to realize that you're in bitterness is when your sin is brought up and you get angry and defended. Then you know that you're operating in bitterness. Okay? And when you're in bitterness, you're like in a fortified city where nothing can get in and nothing can come out. Amen? You don't want to be in that place. Okay, for I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. He humbled himself before the Lord. He repented before the Lord. Do y'all hear that? It's just that simple. It's just that easy. Just humble yourself before the Lord and ask him, forgive me and cleanse me. As a believer, you have that opportunity. As an unbeliever, it's going to take more. But as a believer, we get to confess our sins before God and be cleansed like immediately and begin to reap the benefits of righteousness. And when they had re, uh, testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. So everything went back to where it was supposed to be. Now, uh, Simon, along with the rest of them, are going forth preaching the gospel, doing the work of the ministry. Now, uh, bear with me because I didn't follow my notes, but there's some things in here I do need to talk about. Okay. Because like Simon, we don't want to be condemned. We just want to be convicted. See, Simon does represent many of us today. We want the anointing for all the wrong reasons, such as to be on display, to showboat, 
to intrigue others with the miracles and not the miracle worker whose, whose name is Jesus. Uh, we want to demonstrate power, although our inward lives are powerless because of sin. Okay? But in John 14, and we can turn over there, Jesus tells us first, and it should be real to us, the reason why we must be filled with the Holy Spirit, it is not about the power that you're going to operate in, in his name, to do the work of the ministry. Uh-uh. That's not the first and the foremost reason for why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reasons I'm about to share with you, they will build character in you, which will keep you be, to be consistent, stable, truthful, obedient, unselfish, or selfless, committed to Jesus Christ, and a true follower of Jesus, which is the definition of a disciple. Christians means a follower of Christ, not a churchgoer. <laughs> Church is the result of my commitment to him, okay? And we, as a follower of Christ, we need to try to be like him and not just do the things that he did, okay? So in uh, John 14 and let me see. Uh, beginning with verse 15. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the scripture, but it's going to point out to you what the real reasons we need the Holy Spirit to do, it, to dwell in us in order for it to, to produce love, God's love, to have comfort from the Holy Spirit to walk in and be in truth, to have unity among our fellow believers, to be obedient to the things of God and to have the peace of God, okay? Now, in um, John 14, beginning at verse 15, I'm going to point all of these things out. He's, and this is Jesus speaking. If you love me, keep my commandments. See, the God kind of love forces us to obey even when our flesh wants to go against it because it's been accustomed to being a certain way or doing certain things. So you, you have to discipline your flesh to come in line with your heart. So your soul is the one that has to be delivered after salvation. Your heart has been changed immediately. So you have to start talking to your soul and telling it you're no longer in control. The heart is ruling you. The heart is controlling you now. So sit back, shut up, and follow. 16, Jesus says, I will pray the Father, and he should give you another comforter. Another comf comforter. So we got Jesus now as our intercessor and who comforts us, but we got his spirit who's always dwelling with us and in us to give us the comfort that we need no matter what we come up against, what happens, he will comfort us, okay? 
that he may abide with you forever. In other words, with me going to the Father and leaving my spirit behind, you don't have to wait till I show up. I will be in you always. And the time that he's not with you is when you have put sin inside of you and it's too crowded. So you've just pushed God out. Okay? He says, so, okay, we... I've confirmed love and comfort. Even the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. When the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. What is he saying? As an unbeliever, an unbeliever cannot know, understand, or see the spirit of the living God because your, your, your soul is bound and, and there's not a newness in you. You are operating according to the course of the world, which is how you were born in iniquity. And up living and operating in iniquity, you can't even begin to see the awesome pureness and righteousness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Okay? So who, his spirit is who we have in us. He does not dwell in any unclean thing. Okay? So they can understand. Okay, to help you better understand, have you ever, did you ever try to read the Bible before you were saved? Yeah. Oh, well, show of hands. That'd just be interesting to see. You said it. Did not, did not understand. It didn't make any sense until you got saved. All right? Because the Holy Spirit reveals to you what is in the heart of God when you read his word. Okay? He says, 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In other words, there will be nothing that you're going to face or be challenged by that I'm not there with you. So you won't be doing this on your own, and you won't be alone. If you trust me, I will do it through you, and you'll feel my comfort beside you. Now, can you ask for anything more? All I have to do is just show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to fight the battle for me. I'm going to feel and sense his presence. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. He says, yet a little while. And the world see me no more, but you see me because I live, you shall live also. Because I live and live in you, you're going to live. Because of my living in you, you live. Other than that, if he's not in us, we are walking dead people. Okay? He says, at that day you should know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's the unity. With that kind of unity, with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in you, what can this world do against you? When the Bible said he is more than the world against you. Amen? But you got to believe it. It's not just enough that I'm speaking it. Can you believe it? And receive it. Because if you could, then a lot of stuff that you hear will come just kind of just flow off of you. Because you know it's a lie. And the lie can't harm you when the truth is in you. Amen. 
He says, he that have my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Because, see, when you love the Lord, you will obey what he tells us. And that's where that obedience comes in, because we will hearken to his commands. To his commands, not what you have summed up. Not what you think is right. And you won't know what his commands are if you're not reading his word. Because that's where they come from. See, God don't speak any other language. Don't talk to me about what God said and it doesn't line up with his word. He don't talk in a foreign language. He speaks word. And it don't matter what your culture is, you understand that word if he's in you. You don't even really need an interpreter. Okay. He says, he that have my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I will reveal myself to him. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And manifest myself unto, Judah said unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him because we are keeping his word. He is abiding in us. Okay? Now, the blessing is because you belong to him, you will understand the deeper revelation of his word that an unbeliever and Satan doesn't know. Even though Satan challenged Jesus up in the mountain with the word, he only knew the, the, the letter of the word, but Jesus knew the revelation of the word that gave him the power to resist Satan and overpower Satan. We got to know more than some written letters. You have to know the power of his word. So he says, uh, where did I leave off at? Okay, I'm going to, uh, 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my saying, sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. This is a benefit, a promise, and a blessing that he says, I would teach you all things. Whatever you need to know, I will teach it to you and reveal it to you, which is equipping you to do whatever you need to do to be an overcomer on this side of heaven. Okay? You can't ask for any more. Stop trying to figure it out in your own natural brain. Stop trying to work it out with your limited understanding. Seek God. He will reveal it to you and give you the directions. He will direct your path. He will tell you where to go, what you need to do, and how to do it in order to accomplish what needs to be done. And I'm not talking about ministry stuff. I'm just talking about your freedom and your deliverance in him. Amen. How much more will he do? So what did he say in 27? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. That is the other byproduct of having the Holy Spirit. 
Not as the world giveth, giveth I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In other words, what the world wants to say, peace is no more war, no more, no more, no more. What Jesus says, in the midst of the war, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the such and such, I will give you my peace, which will transcend all understanding. And you will be able to overcome and overpower what has come against you. Because why? I have already overcome this world by my blood. And let that be your testimony that you are an overcomer because you overcome by the word of your mouth and the blood of the lamb. Amen. We are not defeated. We are overcomers. But we need to rise up and act like we are an overcomer and we know the main overcomer. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Then why are you downtrodden? Why are you letting this sin overpower you and make you think you're never going to be free? What was the purpose of getting saved if you can't get free? He didn't save you to live in hell, dwell in hell, and act like hell. He saved us from the power of hell. He saved us from the power of sin and darkness. And when you take claim of what he's already done, that's the word of your testimony. You can overcome that thing that's trying to overtake you. We may live in a world that's controlled by Satan. Because it was given over to him, to him by Adam and, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. But the de- dwelling power of the Holy Ghost enabled us not to follow that course. We don't have to follow the course of this world. And be deceived or entangled by the devices of Satan. You see, what you practice in your old life can be overcome by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in your new life. Amen. Amen. Now, if you give in and succumb to Satan's darkness, lies, and lustful impurities as a believer, all you need to do is ask God to forgive you. And the Holy Spirit will come and strengthen you to resist future attacks. That's the privilege of being born again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Remember, Satan is after Jesus' glory which is manifested in us. In sin, we do not glorify God, whether it's sin by thought, word, or and deed. Remember what Paul told the Roman church in uh, Romans chapter 8? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. You know, I've heard that uh, quoted, but they don't get to this other part. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. There is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Jesus' blood and death on the cross paid the sin debt. Our faith in Jesus Christ frees us from being sentenced and executed. There are no trials, no judgment, no cost on our part. 
a simple act of obedience and yielding to the Spirit of God to shine light where darkness reside and to lead us in a new path of life for Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If your thoughts are not in agreement with the Bible, and if your ways does not represent a man who has laid down his life for mankind, well, you have put yourself in the seat of condemnation, where, which is a legal term for both to be sentenced and executed. Now is the time to come out of who you have always been and become a new person in Jesus Christ. I'm talking to you all who are born again after salvation. For we are not all right without the Holy Spirit in our lives, purging us by pruning us for our hearts to be open and sorrowful for who we are, for the Holy Spirit to convict us from being prideful of who we have become and now to become hungry, to be changed and have a heart like our Savior Jesus Christ. We must remember after we entered through the door of salvation, there is much work that must be done in us to be a true follower of Christ in order for God to work through us. We should be past condemnation and at the place of conviction. The Bible should no longer be words and stories. It should now be revelation that is sit, setting us free, opening our hearts to see, to hear, and receive what we never have before. Remember, now after salvation, you get the revelation of God's word. You don't just get the letter of the word. So you are operating in the spirit. And remember, he says, Though therefore there is no condemnation to them in Christ who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. The Bible tells us that we can transform our thoughts. You, don't know, you no longer need to keep thinking the same old way you've been thinking before, okay? Your thoughts can be transformed by the renewing of your mind that and, and so why do we need to have our thoughts transformed and renewed? So that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You don't flow in the will of God operating in old mindsets of your old broken, condemned, messed up, jacked up soul. You only prove what is his good, acceptable, and perfect will by operating in the spirit of the living God. Amen? So, with the confession of our mouths, let's move in the place of conviction. I pray that you've been convicted from sin unto righteousness. David tells us, as he's telling God, he's telling God, but we're getting the picture. In Psalms 51, you may want to, you want to turn over there because we're going to do a confession. I am not trying to impress a living soul with some skills. I want to impress upon every living soul 
who we need to live victorious on this side of heaven so that we can go to heaven afterwards because there is eternal life whether or not it's on in hell or in heaven. Eternally, I do not want to be burning in hell. Okay? So, Songs 51. And in, in, in Songs 51, I'm, I'm going to just read this first and then we're going to do our confession. Conviction causes us to do this. For thou desires not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. <laughs> the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, thou will not despise. God want us to have our hearts broken by our sins and to be so sorrowful that we get before him and we plead and confess our sins to him so he can cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You taking the position of wanting to be right to impress people, it is not worth it. It is not worth it. First of all, you don't have any peace. You can't possibly have any peace. In order to deceive us humans, you got to be on your game all the time. So that means you got to be sitting up and thinking about all kinds of lies and false positions to impress us. No peace. But to do what's right and be convicted of the wrong, you will have great peace and great joy. Amen? So it's time now for us to rise up and be humble enough to confess. And I cancel the spirit of sleep in the name of Jesus. Because that is Satan. Shake. That is Satan wanting us to miss the point. Amen. He will put you to sleep so quick. When you're trying to read the Bible, you were wide awake. As soon as we start reading, I wake up and forgot where I started at. That is the trick of the enemy. He don't want you to hear. Remember in Revelation, God says, for those who have ears to hear, let them hear. So that means we got to work at it. You just don't, I showed up and oh, no, you got to come purposely to hear. I want to hear, Lord. I want to be changed. I want to be different. I want to please you. I want to be a sweet-smelling Savior in your nostril, Father. Help me to be all that you created me to be and not be deceived and left out and lost out because of my pride and slothfulness. No, in the name of Jesus. So, Open up your Bibles, your phone, whatever means of how you get, your, get the Bible. And we all are going to read from 1 through 15, our confession. Amen. And, and, and when you're all ready, just say amen. amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all of my iniquities. Give me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be... Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thy God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. I pray that you did that with a humble heart, and you're ready to receive the change and all that God has for you. And for those who are present and may be on Zoom, that... Um, you may not have made uh, a confession of faith to be a child of God. He heard that prayer, but to make sure that you know that you know that you can be cleansed and free, then I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray directly for your salvation just by repeating after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, shed his blood, and redeemed me from hell and the power of sin. So, Lord Jesus, I receive that gift. I believe in it. I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for coming into my heart, freeing me, delivering me, and saving me. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Now we're going to pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, the next best gift is your Holy Spirit. I pray and invite your Spirit to reside in me, dwell in me, overtake me, lead me, guide me, and comfort me. I thank you that I don't have to walk this life without the power of the Holy Ghost. And because of the Holy Ghost, I am an overcomer. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the, my testimony. 
Thank you, Father, for all of your wonderful gifts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I'll do the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Traveling mercies for you when you leave this place and go to your next destination. But remember, when you leave, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen.